Hi guys, you're very welcome again to the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast with your host, myself, Michael Lindsay. Hope all is good and you're having a good week and you got a lot from the last podcast. Feedback's been really good, so I really appreciate all the comments and shares and tags and ratings, so I really appreciate that and uh, hopefully that can keep going. Um, I have another guest uh, podcast today and I'm really excited and delighted to welcome in former Kerry GA goalkeeper, Mr. Brendan Keeley. So big, big list of honours. Um, he's an All-Ireland. He has an All-Star. He has, I think, seven months of uh, Senior Football Championship medals and a National League medal. So, you know, very successful. And also his club, uh, Kilcommon, as well, were very successful last year. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about that um, during the episode. So... And we're going to dig deep into, you know, a little bit of background on, on, on growing up in, in Kerry, in Kalani, and what goes with that in regards to football and his other interests and professionally as well and what he, he does day to day. So, delighted to welcome in and hi Brendan, how are we doing? Yeah, Mike, how's it going? Uh, happy to be here. First ever podcast, so a uh, little bit nervous. First ever, don't worry, don't worry. I've only been doing it a couple of months, so <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> new to it myself. So um, just to give you a bit of background, I've known Brendan for a good few years now um, and in- initially through Klein Athletic, a soccer club we play for and um, you know we, we ended up getting a bit of success there a couple of years ago winning the league and uh, the cup, um, which the first time we'd ever done I think in our history wasn't it? So mm-hmm. that's how I kind of first came across Brendan, very good goalkeeper, um, great ping on him <laughs> and um, and then obviously through the Kerry, I kind of got to know him a, b- a bit more. So um, what we're going to start with, I know you're working with Kerry now in a kind of a coaching uh, role, but we'll go we'll deep into that a little bit later on. Um, just uh, for the guys listening, so in regards to kind of growing up in Kerry, um, obviously it's a big, huge football uh, county like where my parents are from, Mayo, and we'll, we'll touch on the game coming up now later on. Sure but uh <laughs> But in regards to kind of, um, and just a little background about growing up and where you did grow up um, and, um, you know, w- was it something that was just part of the, you know, Kilcommon's kind of a small village, I suppose, in a way, and was was kind of the GA, the focal point of the village? Um, yeah, obviously football is number one there in Kilcommon, but I suppose without going back too far, um, we were actually, I suppose the technical term is blow-ins, I think. Yeah. We, uh, I was born in Dublin myself, my parents were born outside of Kerry as well, father allowed, mother awfully. Okay. So uh, we moved to Killarney, to Killarney Town itself in, I think it was 1990. I'm a bit as well, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> you feel the pain as well. So, <laughs> But um, yeah, we, we moved here from, well, Wexford and we were in England for a few years before that. So like, I suppose it wasn't a, a traditional GA family or, you know, it wasn't yeah, I guess kind you. of in the DNA or anything like that. Um, we moved here and obviously, yeah, yeah, you notice pretty quickly that football is a big part of life and but soccer was always my my first love I suppose that's what I got into at first and started playing that first of all and then um, obviously yeah, Gaelic football came along because I just had a just had a love for, for sport and that and then we moved to Kilcommon and yeah just it's all football it's all football it's a great place um, it's a small village itself but it's actually one of the biggest parishes in Ireland Wow. so yeah. I believe um yeah, uh, so yeah, th- that was it. That's how I suppose. And were you? Did you um, grow up in? Well, how long? What, what age were you? Sorry, when you moved down to? 
um, you were say you're in England for a while, and when did you come over? Yeah, so uh, I was I was just going on four years old when we moved here. So it's pretty much like you know all my life. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, some the odd memory and more photographs and stuff from our time in England in Reading there. Oh, Reading, very yeah. good. And you said soccer was your first or is your first um, kind of passion. <clears throat> like myself, obviously, growing up in England, we used to follow the gay league. Obviously, my dad was in the, the Mayo Minor shake-up, actually, when he was younger, and then he moved to England. And um, in England for 35 years, he played in England. There was a London league, and around Cambridge, it was big at the time. And um, I think now with Sky Sports and stuff, it's actually picking up. I spoke to somebody recently who was over, and they said their son plays it. You know that's you know he's, he's, he's he plays it more than soccer, so it is growing, which is great. But at the time, obviously going to school in England, it was soccer, soccer, soccer. Yeah, of course. And then yeah. coming over here, um, especially to a county like Kerry, um, and uh, you know it was all it was all football. So, um, when you started with soccer, when did the um, the whole football come in? Obviously, you're playing at school, but um, you know, were, were you playing both, or how did it work? Yeah, I I um I played both. I played both for as long as I could. Um, but like I said, soccer was what I wanted to get involved in first, I suppose, joining a team. And that's how we all start. You know, you're looking to see what teams are around. Like I said, we had no family ties to anyone. So, Kearney Athletic, like you mentioned, that was uh, that was the club I joined. And then, so not long after that, um, to be honest, I, I started playing Gaelic football because I saw... Gaelic football is something similar to soccer, you know, same size ball and similar yeah. enough type of pitch and that. So started playing the Gaelic football and got shoved into goal one day when the goalkeeper wasn't, uh, he was away on holidays or something, I think, at the time. Uh, I was I was one of the younger lads in the team and kind of last so much time, kind of making up the numbers. And all of a sudden it was like, yeah, your man's gone, so you're in, you're in goal today. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually one of my questions was like, how did you end up in that position? Do you know, so that kind of explained it there really. Yeah, so yeah. You went that, in and you kind of liked it or you were kind of there and you could have no choice, you had to go in. <laughs> I was in, whether I liked it or not. <laughs> and uh, it was sink or swim that day. I think I was eight playing, it was an under 12 game. And um, against the uh, local, I think it was Kilcommon versus Fireys. Some people might know Fireys there just over the road from us. But uh, things went pretty, pretty okay that day and they put me in goal the next day and... That was it. <laughs> that's that's been it then it transferred over to the soccer and vice versa and still in goal to this day so yeah, yeah, yeah. but love it love it yeah I loved it from the start that's great and um, we'll talk about how the role of the goalkeeper has is, is become more important uh, mm-hmm. than ever really uh, these days in the last few years and we'll talk about that later on um, and you know in regards to soccer we, we talked briefly before we, we started the podcast and um, uh, I didn't realise you'd actually kind of got to Irish schools level which is great in the soccer um, was it something you were hoping to progress with dad or did football take over how did that work that dynamic yeah I suppose like when I was when I was younger if I did have a choice like a lot of kids I suppose like soccer would have been you know the first choice and to make it all the way and all that type of thing but um yeah, you realise as you start progressing through the ranks and you go through jumping through those hoops of different trials and different teams and stuff like that, that um, you know it's it's not it's everyone not, that gets there. It's not easy. It's not yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, um, and unless you do kind of make it to the very top, it can be a, you know, it's it's not as glamorous as as no, it might seem no. at the start. So yeah, I, I just I didn't think about about it too much really. Just continue playing both and um, just trying to do as well as I could at both. And you're always lucky to be on some good teams, you know in board and we, we had a good bit of success which which kind of gives you the 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 belief and the Motivation the want to, to go on and to pursue it more so um yeah and look you know you, you just end up making different teams here and there and eventually it comes to a stage where 
you make that call, you know, and you, you yep. have to drop one and may not be forever. But yeah, yeah, I think everyone gets to that stage. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I hear that. Um, so then you got into, in regards to the Kerry setup, um, how old are you? You kind of got into the minors, was it first? And that kind of progressed through 21s, etc. Yeah, so um, yeah, I suppose underage, you have your kind of your development squads and stuff like that. You're under 14s, you're under 16s. I kind of I, I played bits and pieces with them because I was always playing soccer as well. So um, it was really when the Kerry Miners, yeah, yeah. Do you know, um, Kerry Miners is a huge thing. It's kind of like the holy grail for any... Yeah, any young fella growing up in Kerry really is the minors, you know. So to make that, um, I made. I was lucky enough to make that in my kind of my first year minor, um, which I wasn't really expecting, but it was a brilliant experience, and you're you're exposed to a lot of good stuff, a lot of good coaching. You're rubbing shoulders with the seniors, you know, and that type of thing. And just geez, to get in the setup, as I say, as a kid, like you're like, wow. Like, oh yeah, that's it. That's the it. Green and green and gold, like, it's like yeah, yeah. Once you get that jersey, and the big thing back then, I don't know what it's like now, but Kerry used to have these kind of people might know the, the old leather Kerry bags. They were like navy and white. Okay. And to get one of those bags was such a big rocking thing. around with that bag. Oh you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I made it. Nothing in the bag, like we were just carrying it around the place, but. um yeah, yeah, that was like obviously to make the team and everything is brilliant, but like you know the, the gear, the gear, like it's all about the, the gear. gear and that bag, that bag was. The bag. Was the I remember bag. those leather bags. I remember having a Liverpool one back in the day. It was yeah, like, it was you know the grey and red kit that they had back in Crown Paints. Oh yeah, the, day, the, the candy Crown one. Paints, yeah. it was the same colours of that. I was dreams. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I still got it somewhere in the back, some some shed somewhere. But yeah, uh, I still have mine at home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. still there. Yeah. I can't beat the leather bags. They were class. Yeah. Um. So you progressed through. Uh. Well. Um. Just in regards to, because I've worked with, it's done some strength condition with some some young, you know, young um, GA players, who, in regards to the amount of games and training they're doing on top of their school, their club, and then into county, and the breakdown of some of them in regards to injuries and things, so. How was it? Called? How was it kind of kind of to manage everything? I suppose you were still playing soccer as well, so it was just pretty much every day you were doing something or other. Yeah, yeah, it's busy, it's busy, but like, you know, when, well, I suppose still the same, you just want to do as much as you can while you can do it. You love it, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you'd be six, seven days a week, like you're out training, you've school teams, you've got club teams, you've got soccer, you've got football, some lads might be involved in other sports or whatever, you're playing different age groups, so yeah, it's it's pretty full on, and that's where I suppose, you know, when, when you're young, you, you'd be doing it 24 hours a day if you could, that's what you do need yeah. maybe someone to really back in at times be the teacher or a parent or, or somebody with a bit more know-how you know when you get older you realize these things but um yeah yeah it's it's pretty full-on and it's still the same it might even be more so now for young lads coming up because you with development squads and stuff like this they're they're great you're getting exposed to top class coaching and facilities and expertise but um the demands are quite big whereas i know when, like when we were younger mike you know you'd be playing there was no, there was no gym work. There was no conditioning work. You just, just straight you go out in the pitch. pitch. You're just playing. You're just playing morning till night. Like uh, whereas now lads, they've got to concentrate in their gym programs, their rehabbing, their prehabbing, which is all great. It's all brilliant, but it's just there's you're switched on all the time, really. And for for guys who are doing it and girls who are doing exams, you know, it it can be quite a pressurized time. Like so, it's just it's important that uh, there's good people around them. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that support structure and is important because there's pressures probably pulling from all sorts, and they could be carrying something. Oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine. <clears throat> so, and then you know that could lead to its own issues. But as I know what you mean, I'd be the same as that age. I just you know you're not going to say, oh, I'm not going to play. You're going to play like you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's just trying to get you know, as I said, if there's support around them, 
got good, you know, good coaches, you know, good physios who, who can kind of pick up on that and say, you know, when you need your recovery, you know, you need to get it in, which is great. So as long as they're getting the recovery in, which is important as, as we and, both. And even, you know, like some evenings, like that's where you need, you need your good coaches and stuff, just to say, to recognise any young lad maybe or a young girl, do you know what, take tonight off training, just spend it at home, relax, put the feet up. Yeah. You know, rather than just pulling out of this young person all the time from all the different angles. Um, because, yeah, yeah, you don't like seeing young people, you know, anxiety or getting nervous or too worried about things like, you know. Which is getting more and more prevalent. And I yeah. talk about that a lot and I go into schools and I, I see it from a young age, you know, 11, 12, 13, the level of anxiety is huge. So throw in them pressures from, from sport and different teams, that, you know, can only, can only, you know, exacerbate the problem sometimes um okay so we're gonna you um went through the minors 21s then i i assume and then um into the, the the first team so what was that like that transition um you know going from say the 21s um into the full senior team and it's like oh okay i'm in the kerry senior team which is massive like you know um how was it the feeling and you know and there's not many people who have done it so it's a great achievement and then go on to you know the success you had in regards to the All Islands and things like that, but just kind of transitioning into the first team or the senior setup. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, like for me, I suppose I didn't go straight from under twenty ones into seniors. You know, you you kind of get used to when you're younger. You progress through the ranks in your under sixteens to minors yep. to under twenty ones, and you might think then the next step straight away that's is the straight to seniors. Step, and yeah, yeah, that is it is the hardest. That's when the work really begins. You know. Um, so yeah, I, I spent what was it from two about three years maybe kind of outside of the Kerry setup, which was when you're used to being in that bubble, you know, and you step out of it was a bit different. But you know, I was in college and stuff, and look, we you know kind of enjoyed our time there as yeah, well. So it worked out to. well. And then I think it was twenty three, twenty four. You know, when you get the call then from the seniors, which is the call that we all want. And um, yeah, it's it's brilliant. You know, you you walk in and. Like it's been said before by different people, you're seeing the who's who of Gaelic football in the dressing room, and you know who you be sitting beside and all this type of thing. But you you quickly realise like you know you you need to you need to kind of show where you're there. You can't yeah. be the jaw has you have to pick it back up from the floor, you know, pretty yeah. quickly, and and get to work basically because yeah, that's that's when it begins, and you know there's lots of people who kind of come in and it can be a revolving door type of thing as well you're yeah. in and you're gone so if you don't perform you're out, you know you're gone again so you have to seize that opportunity as you said you're going in and you're seeing you know the the greats of as i said Kerry football uh literally in the same change room so it must be done who are you sitting next to and was it just different people did you have a certain buddy you used to buddy up with oh i i can't remember now um i, I couldn't tell you was there anyone who particularly kind of was like you know you were the newbie kind of made you feel at ease or was kind of I suppose they all were kind of the sound lads but anyone in particular ah yeah they're, they're great lads because I suppose everyone starts off the same way you know yeah, yeah. there's such a tradition here that anytime any of the, the lads who were there walked into the dressing room there were big names in the room before them but um, yeah like they're lads who I would have played with under you know the likes of Darren O'Sullivan and Killian Young and um, a few more of these lads, Padre Greed, you know, was another who was there, you know, who I would have played with underage. So you kind of, you kind of knew if you, yeah, you kind of gravitate yeah, towards yeah, those yeah, fellas yeah. naturally, I suppose, who you're familiar with, and you you ease your way into it then, yeah. Yeah. And um, first time you you say pulled on pulled on the jersey and went out. Do you remember your debut? As they say. Yeah, yeah. There was the McGrath Cup, which is kind of like the preliminary preseason type of competition. Um, 
played in the middle of January, which is not the best time of the year to be playing football. But chilly, you're never enough. Yeah, you're never <laughs> going to say no. It's too cold, you know. When there's a Kerry jersey given to you. No. Um. So I think it was against Tipperary, uh, Fitzgerald Stadium here in Killarney. But first, I suppose, kind of competitive game with yeah. Kerry was against Cork, which was a nice, a nice, a nice, a nice one to start off with up in uh, up in, in Cork in Park Irene under lights on a Saturday night in the league. The start of the league game yeah, or start of the league campaign, and, and explain that kind of feeling going out on delights against Cork. Um, just excitement, few yeah. nerves, but just, just excitement, and just I suppose trying to do the simple things well is the thing, you know, and not trying to do anything too out of the ordinary, and just keeping the ship steady, really, you know. Um, that that was the plan, and look, uh, I think I think we won that night anyway. First league game, so it, it didn't go too badly, yeah. That was good. And then when was the first sort of honour you won? <clears throat> um, and when was that? When did you first, was it your first kind of, I suppose, Munster or your first bit of silverware that you won? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was the same season, 2010. We we won the, the Munster Championship that year. We had a, a final against Cork, went to a replay, two cracking games. Played the first game at Fitzgerald Stadium. Uh, we were probably lucky enough to come out with a draw if I remember correctly and then up to Parky Cueve then another belter of a game up there and we just came out the right side of it so yeah. that was yeah that was the first taste of it really you know good feeling <laughs> yeah yeah. good celebrations you want to celebrate yeah you learn how to celebrate as well yeah yeah. I know that's the thing and that's kind of even you know living with, with players over the years and stuff and, and knowing a lot of them it's you know so much commitment goes in for months and months and months and end and then they, they know how to kind of relax as well. Yeah, after but you know, on a serious note, I suppose, like so much does go into it and, you know, it's all consuming that when you do have success and relative success as well, but especially when you win something, you, you have to you're, celebrate you're dead, it. You're and dead right to, to, to you celebrate it. You know, you, should, you shouldn't, should not because of the dedication that goes in and, um, you know, the, the bond you have with the teammates, you know, is, is huge. I think, you know, I've been in teams over the years um, and you kind of know that when we, you know, we won the double that time, you know, yeah. it had never been won before in this town for the club. And it was, you know, they went on for a few days, you know, there's a few celebrations, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, the old Mustangs. Yeah. Understood. So, <laughs> but uh, again, you know, it was brilliant. One of the best nights I think we had out, you know, over this, this nine years I've been here, I'd say it was, it was really good because great bars, everyone was just buzzing. So, you know, you know, if you're doing that in a Munster Championship or in All Ireland, you know, no, no wonder. Um, so just touching on the All Ireland, so was it 2014, 15? Was 14, it? yeah, 2014. And um, how was that? How was Crow Park? How was the whole experience? Yeah, it was, I suppose it was kind of a bit mixed uh, for myself, really, because I had, I lost my place in the team that year. Uh, so it was kind of a bit in and out. But there was just a a brilliant collective yeah. spirit within the group you know and something like that it look it, it was what it was type of thing but it, everyone was in it together I know yeah. it's a bit of a cliche in sport and stuff but like yeah. you you probably find it's hard hard to obviously miss out on the game but at the same time you they realised how much you had contributed over the years to it so everyone was together as you said yeah I suppose like it wasn't just a thing that it was just that year, just yeah, those yeah. few months leading up to it. Like that was a, a journey that I suppose we'd been on for a, for a couple of years probably. Um, and yeah, it was it was rewarding. Everybody wants to be out there in the field playing. It wasn't to be, it was what it was. You get over your disappointment and you just, like I said, the, the collective bond within, within a group. And you don't always have that within a, mm. an entire squad or an entire panel, you know. So it was something special there. And uh, yeah, look, we, we had a, 
a very tight game against Donegal in the final and sure, yeah, it, was, it was brilliant to come out the right side of it and and, and to get the win but like yeah everyone was in it together that type of yeah. thing you know and then the following year 2015 you got your all-star so how was that that's a big a massive achievement for anyone um and and i know kind of 2015 was your final loss against dublin wasn't it um mm-hmm. and obviously you know, the dubs have kind of dominated over the last number of years uh as well so um how was that playing against them? Obviously losing the final. What was your reaction to it? Then you got your all star, so it was kind of a bit of a, a down, and then then an up kind of at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Just that game was just it was a wet. It was a strange day actually. Thinking back, I remember we arrived at the ground and uh, the minor final was on before us, and you know you go out and you watch a bit of that game and stuff. And it was a lovely day in Croke Park, perfect conditions. Sun was out. You know, then we went away and did our thing, got ready and stuff. And when we came back out then before the game, it was like a different day. The clouds had come in, it was raining. And obviously it's the same for both teams, look. But um, it was a poor game of football. Actually only watched it back for the first time recently. And uh, got it. there was a lot of mistakes on both sides. It finished, I think, 12-9. Dublin beat us by three points. With a chance for a goal kind of near the end. Yeah, just just one of those days, you know, not, not, not a good day looking back on. But... Um, yeah, like you say, they've they've kind of they've kept the foot to the floor since then on, and it just shows you the thin line. You know, a couple of things go right for us that day, and even in previous games where they got the better of us, things could have been different. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a disappointing day, and uh, thanks for bringing it up. That's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm a Mayo supporter, so we have a plenty of disappointing days. Yeah. So don't yeah. worry about that. And I was sat in the lower nav in there watching the the Dublin final there, where we um, again flying in the first half. When was this? Two thousand and would have been 16 could have been yeah, and, possibly, um, yeah. leading into the first half could have, should have been up by a few more points um, and again the dubs came back and, and yeah and then yeah. Mayo Miners had won that day and the green and red of Mayo was playing by the sword doctors after I said this is our year this is it yeah and then to then to lose uh, you know and then the last one obviously in injury time winner so you know we always keep believing but uh, course, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is it is as you said you know that little bit of luck on the day you know some could get black carded or sent off and these things you know you yeah can, it's all you these can little things add up you know yeah. and yeah and yeah. then you got the call for the all star what was that like night out yeah <laughs> night out yeah um, yeah look obviously like the the number one you want to win the team honour it's, it's disappointment of that yeah yeah like it, it's a personal thing but I've never put too much weight into yeah. the all stars type of thing a lot of it can be kind of media driven and that yeah. type of thing it's nice to get look you're not going to turn it down or say bit, no bit of recognition yeah bit of recognition but um yeah look the the main prize is is the big one that's what everyone wants and you, you gladly you medal yeah 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 very good and then you just kind of to pull away or decided to kind of um move away from the inter-county scene um was that around that time just after that year um it was what 2017 2017 yeah yeah yeah, so we're looking back, uh, Brendan, on I suppose your you know career with Kerry. There's lots of good memories, lots of lots of honours, um, you know, lots of great experiences. I'm sure. So you look back fondly on your time. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Some some brilliant memories, you know, some good friends made, some brilliant days, some bad days, but they're all great experiences, you know. And, and you yeah. and you learn from those, you know, the oh, times you do. you do lose and and you do kind of um, that sucker punches. That's where growth happens, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you need you need to have those defeats or those setbacks, and 
like when they happen they're there to test you and you either you crumble or you, or you come back from them you know so um yeah they're all they're all part of the learning experience part of the growing experience but um 100 fond fond memories great memories great times and but i suppose i've always had my own interest you know outside of football outside of sport and stuff as well so i've always been kind of into other stuff so it's you know enjoying pursuing those now as well so the transition was 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 you know good obviously you're still playing um for kilcommon this is your club and um and it was this was this last season but it was this year you won first ever was it your uh, intermediate yeah the intermediate all ireland yeah yeah february this year yeah so that was yeah. good times yeah, yeah and i remember you know chatting to to column column cooper once about this is just i think they were just after winning the all-island club his first ever one and i remember asking him do you know and he was you know the feeling of it he said you know he he's amazing times with kerry but that really for him was was a standout to to, to win an all-island club with the lads you literally grew up with from tiny age mm-hmm. and he was buzzing like you know you could tell he was but it was it was you know that made, meant so much to him so i'd say for you and you were the captain you lifted the cup up in crow park so how was that yeah yeah it was brilliant you know it was it was a surreal moment really because um like we'd had a disappointing year a couple of years previous to that uh we dropped down the level from senior to intermediate and you know the the whole place the club was on a bit of a downer things were a bit stagnant and uh so we just momentum gathered during the year, you know, and then at the end of it all to find yourself up those steps in Crow Park. And the thing is, yeah, like you were saying about Cullum there, you know, winning stuff with Kerry, winning stuff with the club. But when you look down and every face or you're on the pitch and you look up in the stand and you recognize every really single face that's there. looking back at you, you know, everyone's name, you know, you know, you know, their family, all this type of thing. There is something special about that, uh, whatever the level of the success is. Um, so that was brilliant that was brilliant and the place was on a high because there were lots of people and you know sometimes you don't realise this until you have the success or the moment comes along but lots of people in the club who've put in an awful lot down through the years and that was the first real bit of success definitely since the 70s anyway in our club like you know so most of us pretty much all of that's voluntary you know oh yeah voluntary people just you know doing it for the love of the club and the town and um, as you said Pretty much the whole town was there. I think you know there was it was quite oh, coming that day. I'd say yeah, yeah. It was a it would have been a good day. <laughs> it wasn't quite the days after. I'd say was it uh, um, pretty pretty big celebrations. But and and you're dead right to so. yeah. No, the ce- the celebrations went on and rightly so. Week or two. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no. Everyone enjoyed it and yeah. There were lots of people in the club who do stuff behind the scenes there who deserved it. Mm. You know, yeah, and, and it, it was great to be able to recognise those people and for them to, to taste that as well. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, just for the guys who are listening from who aren't in Ireland, um, you know, Gaelic football is huge. You know, the All Ireland final. There's ninety odd thousand in Crow Park, and but it's an amateur sport, so um, the guys aren't getting paid. You know, they've got their their, their day jobs and they're they're putting so much equipment into the evenings. Pretty much every night, there's something, whether it be a meeting, whether it be training, whether it be a gym session. So, and we touched about the commitment earlier on, but just um, in regards to your own kind of professional, uh, I know you're kind of doing a primary school teacher now. Um, you're doing a bit of, was that something you kind of got into a bit later? You were saying you did a bit of um, USL's kind of stuff beforehand? Yeah, I suppose, yeah, I went through college, did the college thing and kind of wasn't really, it was all football, 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 you know, I wasn't thinking too much about down the line or once I could get the training in the evenings or the mornings or whatever, you know, I was happy out, so I kind of fell into a few different jobs after college, 
uh, ended up as a, a rep with a, with a wine and spirits company. Um, didn't know anything about what I was talking about <laughs> at the start. I knew there was red wine, there was white wine. That was about it's, it. It's about my level, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a steep learning curve, but brilliant. And again, like I say, I wasn't thinking too much about down the line. Just I was able to get the training. The, my schedule was flexible enough. You know, I could manage my time. So I was getting the training in the evenings. I was happy enough. But then, you know, you get to a stage after a few years and you're kind of thinking, is this, is this what I want to be doing long term? And it was, it was a great job, great line of work to be in. But just for me, it, it wasn't what I saw myself doing 15, 20 years down the line. Um, teaching was always something that, kind of, that interested me, that, that I was into. And always, it felt like a fit for me. And I've always enjoyed working with younger people and especially you know, through sport it's great you, you get a chance to coach younger people and pass yeah. on a bit of experience or whatever so it gives you a bit of a taster for it so um, yeah for, for a while I was humming and hawing about it and my wife girlfriend at the time was kind of sick of me talking she's just like just do it you just going to do it now or are you going to keep talking about it but I was trying to think how could I make it work and I was luckily enough I, I was able to, to start up a kind of an online business there that kind of helped me transition across from yeah. And what I was doing into what I wanted to do, I suppose. So I returned to college, uh, online, Hibernia College, you might, might yeah. know. Yeah, I heard of it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so a very, very manic two years of that there. Some, yeah, long days, late nights, early mornings, that type of thing. But great, you know, great to get it done. And look, I haven't looked back since 2016. I, I came through that there and, uh, yeah. Is that around the time you had your, you have two children now? With two, yeah. Two girls, yeah. is it? Two girls, yeah. two girls, they're not numbered, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> three to one. Yeah, so it'll be three in September in a, in a few months now, and the other is nearly six months, so. So it's kind of in and around the time you were, kind of was qualified around 2016, that must have been a hectic time, so you were studying and then... Yeah, there was a lot baby going Baby comes on. along. Studying, um, babies, yeah. Um, what else, the football, I was still playing with Kerry at the time as well. Okay. Uh, so there was a lot going on, but you know, like we were saying, I always earlier, wonder how you how you how you juggle everything, you know, because <laughs> you um, you you know you you can you know you you're doing loads of stuff, you got family life, and then you're doing everything. You know, it's just a credit to you. You know, you seem to have got it all under control. Was that just uh, uh, look, uh, on the surface, no, <laughs> like myself, spinning plates everywhere? But um, yeah, a bit like the swans, you know, nice and calm above water, and like, it's, uh, uh, like mad, yeah, but. Uh, no, like we said earlier, having good people around you is, is support huge. is huge. Yeah, oh, yeah. To, you know, to have that encouragement because if you're just getting grief all the time about everything you're doing, you're, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it long term. You're not going to do it properly. So that's huge. You know, great support at home, thankfully. Yeah. Um, so th- that was that was a big help. Um, lions are a thing of the past as well. You I know. know. Talk, yeah. talk to me about that. My my naps have gone when I used to work in the hotel. Um, you know, you do an early shift and you might go home for an hour. And I remember my sister used to phone me. She's two kids, uh, Killian and, and Sirisha, and they're six and nine, 11 now. <clears throat> but uh, I'd be saying, I'll give you a call after my nap. And she's like, nap? Yeah. Nap? And like, she's, you know, raising two kids and working. So, yeah. I don't know what a nap is. And I was like, and then, but now, you know, opening your own business and this and that, there's no time for naps. So I need to get a big bean bag in here or a couch I can kind of throw down for a 20 minute kind of power nap now and again. But yeah, yeah. Um, but no, but just on that, like the, the whole time thing, like I know I, I read something, was it a quote or a book or something a few years ago? And it was just, everyone's probably heard it, but you know, even the most successful people in the world have the same amount of hours in a yeah, day as we yeah. do. We all have the same amount yeah. of time every day and yeah. it's just about how you use it. And That's it's a yeah. matter of priorities and you know, priorities might change, from one week to the next, day to the next, but 
Yeah, it's just yeah, a, no, that's 100%. And I spoke to a bit about uh, the same thing with Shane, um, Shane Finn, and he, oh, he, yeah, he was, he was uh, saying the same. And it's like, you know, you always hear all the time, you know, I haven't got time for this, or time's flying, and then, but then time doesn't change. You know, mm-hmm. everyone gets, as you said, and he was, Shane was saying about, you know, your Zucker Zuckerbergs of this world, your Bradersons, yeah. they have no different, you know, they have the same amount of seconds, same amount of hours, um, but they just kind of, you know, be able to create more and be more focused on, on pushing forward every day, you know, so um, it is, it's just about, as I said, getting a good inner circle, good support structure, and just, you know, and I always said, and I've said to many people when I'm speaking about you in regards to you've got that entrepreneur head in you as well, you're very creative and always looking for, you know, you know, to progress yourself, you know, professionally, personally, which is great to see. Um, and you did a bit of filming in here the, this time, was it around last year for your um, yeah. YouTube channel, which is, which is, I think is a brilliant idea and it's quite unique. I don't think many, you know, you've actually obviously been a goalkeeper, you've played inter-county level and now you're passing on that wisdom uh, to, um, you've done some cams and you've, <clears throat> you've done um, these, you know, YouTube videos, which has really taken off. Um, how did that start? It was an idea you had, um, and as I said, it's quite a unique thing. Um, we didn't see too much of it online. And just, I talked about right at the beginning about the goalkeeper being a more important uh, position than ever, really, you know, yeah, these short absolutely. kickouts. And a lot of it starts with the keeper these days. Um, and you see, like, you know, Mayo against Goy the last day, Mayo are pressing high, you know, to, to counteract these short kickouts. And, and now, the you know, the goalkeeper has even more important. And Cluxon has taken it to a different level as well, mm-hmm. you know, over the years. So, um, just to maybe touch on that, and then also obviously about your, your the GAGK um, uh, project. Yeah, so I suppose just to pick up on what you were saying there about the role of the goalkeeper nowadays, it's something. It's one of the reasons actually when I was younger that I was kind of more drawn to the soccer was because playing in goal in Gaelic football I used to find a lot of the time you're just standing there between the posts watching the ball go over your head and then trying to kick it out away from your goal as far as you can. Then after, yeah, yeah. you know, and a very limited role whereas. To see progress now, and like you mentioned, Stephen Clucks in there, and there's more who've come along since who are really taking it to new levels every year. It's brilliant, you know. There's more of a spotlight in the goalkeeper, yes. There's more pressure in the goalkeeper, yes. But it's a great thing. It, it's brilliant, you know. The the position is finally getting the respect I think it was it deserves. Like we see the quarterback in American football, you know, it's it makes or breaks your yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the same role in Gaelic football now, and. Um, just one thing that I, that I had found myself and with others was goalkeepers, I suppose, you know, a, a different breed or whatever, but we want to play in goal, but you don't always get the the coaching or the experience or the advice. That's the outfield need. players do. Yeah, to improve. Like you might go to training every night of the week, not miss a training session all year. And all the outfield players there are developing each session. They're getting better. They're working on something. There's a focus. Whereas... The goalkeeper sometimes is kind of left standing on the side. You can do your thing over here, and we'll do our thing over here. Yeah, and if you're not a self learner or self motivated to kind of to be trying to learn yourself, it can be difficult. And I used to find it frustrating at times myself, at different times. And I'm I know from speaking to lots of goalkeepers, had the same kind of experience. So yeah, when I did, you know, step out of the the Kerry bubble, you get you a bit more headspace maybe to think about different things and it was just one thing I thought look you know there's there's YouTube there which I'm on some days just checking out different things and I'm doing the training myself so why not just myself and my friend uh, Kieran Fleming why not just bring a camera with us yeah, and yeah. you know not putting it out there that I'm an expert or that we're experts and this is the be all and end all but just if there are young lads or 
older lads who are at a training session and the coach gives them a ball and says lads goalkeepers you work away there for 10 minutes and we'll see you back here for the game at the end they can have maybe two or three drills that they can have checked up before training you know something that they can they can work on they can work on yeah and that's where the idea came from for the GAGKA I suppose the YouTube channel and Instagram and all that and uh, you know you start getting a bit of feedback then people are brilliant like they you get feedback you get the good stuff you get the bad stuff um, as always yeah, yeah, yeah. In, but like when I say bad no you know suggestions and stuff like that yeah. which is great and it gives you the encouragement you know to keep doing what you're doing and you're trying to improve it all the time and yeah the, the feedback is like it's definitely more positive than anything else and just enjoying it and you know especially you I'm sure you see it there with the gym you know when when you've when you've got something that people are trying and then they start coming back to you with results or saying I tried yeah. this and I saw it worked like that's that's, that's the best feeling you yeah. ever get and that's as I said why I got into the business you know initially it wasn't the best paid business I suppose back you know um, now you have to work harder I mean it's, it's, it's more popular now than it was but when I first got into it back in the early 2000s it wasn't it's, it, you know financially but it, it's more um, the thing what I find with, with with money you know everyone needs you know you have to pay the bills etc but the, my ethos is the more people you help you know that'll take care of itself do you know and then when I have people come back and saying that you know this was you know they, they, you know thoroughly enjoyed it this best part of their day they're buzzing they're, they're fitting into this dress they haven't worn for three years you know that type of stuff and, and, and just feeling psychologically a lot better you know that's the feedback that keeps me going on a daily basis you know and yeah. keeps me in the business that I've been in nearly 20 years you know so yeah, um, and as you the same and you getting feedback from people young lads saying or oh, you know um, that was great can you maybe you know coach me or can you give me some tips and you know you're getting probably feedback from other professionals other goalkeepers and uh, stuff as well which is you know which is great that you know they're you know you know, I always find I, I put out stuff. I don't know if people are going to like it or not. Um, and you're always going to get people, maybe not. But like, you know, if the majority of people are kind of, yeah, you know, really enjoyed it or listened to the podcast last day, really enjoyed it. See, I've only been doing this for, you know, a couple of months and, um, and the feedback's been really good. So when people, you know, not just listen to it, but kind of actually put put some of them into action and actually you know you know make some changes you know it's, it's great you know and it's great to hear that back you yeah know, that yeah you're actually helping somebody you know yeah there, there's definitely a rewarding factor there yeah and there's always that moment where your your fingers hovering over the the publish or the the post oh yeah i've been like, there i've been there <laughs> yeah yeah and you leave for a while you come back to it but uh i think yeah like you say once you kind of believe in what you're doing it look this is going to help people and you know like i've had things that i've put up the odd drill or whatever and someone's come back saying yeah i tried that and i added this to it and I'm learning as well. Like I've learned an awful lot from it as oh, well. Yeah, big time, big time. yeah, yeah. Because look, like I say, I, I don't know all the answers and stuff. I'm just trying to help people with my experience and what I'm doing myself and have found good. So, um, like if other people can contribute to that and create this kind oh, of community, yeah. like we all hear of the mythical goalkeepers union, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what it's kind of, yeah. Just tapping into that community, like we all have, we all want to become better goalkeepers, no matter what age you are, and do the best you can. And you know, just just trying to give that support to like what I find it's fine for a lot of goalkeepers who are playing at a high level you know with the elite underage teams or the elite senior under 21 whatever it is level what about the guy who is trying to make that step who's got the talent or the potential but needs to to just jump up to that next level to get into that setup get that leg up kind of thing yeah yeah and just um, improve their skills kind of hone their skills a little bit better and exactly uh, exactly so you've got a, a bigger pool coming through so and with technology like with the likes of youtube instagram facebook and that 
you can just reach more people with it you know rather than just doing a coaching session where you might only have 10 or 15 people there just record it and put it out there for whoever wants it yeah yeah exactly brilliant so um now coming more down towards the present day so you were back in with kerry um in as a goalkeeper kind of coaching role um just a little kind of a bit on that uh, brendan if you yeah um i'm yeah working with the goalkeepers with the carry under 20s and with the seniors so it's it's kind of i suppose a, a new kind of role and it's just i suppose placing a bit more giving a bit more attention to the goalkeepers there you know i i don't know if it's an actual kind of concrete or full-time type of yeah. role you know but just trying to again just contribute what you can and just offering bits of advice or you know just being someone there to to, to feed the lads like, yeah yeah, yeah. football's a trend you know just just to be there and help out yeah. whatever you can with the goalkeepers you know um specifically yeah so that's, that's yeah but re- really really enjoying it and again it's great that you know these roles are coming into Gaelic football as well because any other sport out there where you have goalkeepers there's a specific coach and I think it's it's going the same way in most sports now yeah you find in soccer position that, yeah, specific soccer you'd have your goalkeeping coaches specifically now yeah um, if you're getting into it's a little bit on the higher levels but even <clears throat> even lower down you know um, you know you, you get more specific coaching for the keepers and the fact that the, the GA are now you know come into that I think they all realise now over the last few years the, the change in the game and how important goalkeepers are um, and you know just regaining possession from a kick out is massive like you know because yeah. if yeah, you lose that ball not only psychologically but also you know that can be a point straight away so it's it really has developed and it's been interesting to see that that dynamic and I suppose being a goalkeeper yourself like to see you know um, you know that that emphasis now on the keeper you know which is nice I suppose for being your position yeah it's it's brilliant it's brilliant yeah yeah you know just be more involved and like it's it's funny the timing now like just this week hearing about a proposed new rule that the players aren't going to be allowed pass oh, back the, pass the goalkeeper back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, what, what was that that was kind of the, the like the back pass rule of soccer I suppose you yeah. you can't go straight back to keeper is it or you just can't go back at all I think from my understanding is if you're on my team and I'm your goalkeeper you can't give the ball to me so I'm basically just told just stand in between those sticks there and be a quiet boy you know it's that's kind of going against oh, you know the whole yeah um, we could do a podcast in it on its own I know um, yeah, yeah yeah I get kind of worked up about it because it's trying to limit the role again do you know but we, and we've only just come into the fact that goal gives are now important so we don't want to go back backwards like you know which this sounds like it would be yeah it sounds like and like I say I, I haven't heard or read what the full proposal is on the rule but my understanding is is that's what it is and yeah it doesn't sit too well with me I know some other goalkeepers I've spoken to as well it's it's not going down too well yeah I just heard a podcast online it was the RT one was it um, uh, I think Colin was on that one as well yeah um, but it, he might have been kind of promoting that <laughs> the rule change was it uh, I must have a word of him yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but there was a, was it Donalot was it the, is it the goalkeeper oh Donalot Cusack was it could have been yeah he was yeah. obviously saying the opposite um and he was saying, you know, you know, it would stop the goalkeeper coming out and kind of playing and being part of the like yeah. a sweeper system, you know, type of thing, you know. So yeah, no, I, I kind of you know agree. It could just, you know, it's going to limit, you know, as I said, the keeper is just going to be there, like okay, I'm just going to pick the ball and put it down on the cone and kick it. Is that is that yeah, the job? Yeah, glorified you know? ball boy type of thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I can feel your passion here, Kiels. <laughs> I, I can feel it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that could be a topic for another another podcast. Maybe for sure. so. Yeah. Um. Brilliant. So, 
Uh, I suppose we're supposed to touch on uh, the elephant in the room, the mayo and the Kerry. Um, now you can see my hear my strong mayo accent, obviously coming through the sound waves. Green and red all over the place, yeah. <laughs> um, I have the jersey at home, ready, ready. My dad's bringing his down as well. Um, now my parents are from Mayo, um, born and bred, and we grew up in the green and the red. Spent every holiday back in Ireland in Mayo and with my my uh, nana, and um, you know, we, you know, we've, we've always been brought up with it, and obviously through the years, not been. Um, not been great success but the support is you know and you can probably agree with this Brendan the support from may have the supporters for for the team is you know it, they just keep going they, they uh, just keep absolutely yeah I think majority of the county would love to see or the country would love to see them to win an Ireland at some stage well maybe we can yeah, for that. Really. but um you know you know we've been close but just not close enough and that could be another podcast on its own but um how the the squad shaping up? Um, how are you thinking the game's going to go this Sunday? Obviously, may have a bit more experience than some of the young lads in the Kerry team. Kerry have a strong forward line. You know, Mayo may have a good strong for, uh, midfield. So, how how do you think it's going to be a tight game? Yeah, it'll be tight. Kerry, there's great tradition between Kerry and Mayo. You know, some great games down through the years. Um, Kerry been on top for a while. Mayo been on top the last few years. You know, it's to and fro, but um, like the supporters are fantastic Mayo supporters they're going to travel down their numbers to Killarney no doubt uh, they'll bring great colour and atmosphere to, they always do in fairness it's the one thing you always say they all they keep back in their team you know um, they've had a lot of near misses and that type of thing and they, they keep back in them they have great resilience and they have that in the pitch as well so it's going to be a good game um, if you're asking for a prediction you're not going to get one <laughs> oh Mayo <laughs> yeah um, just looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be a belter. I suppose it's, without it's have, not having the monster final here and you know Kalani, I remember yeah. the monster finals I've been to in Kalani. They've been huge days, massive sunshine and brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like the atmosphere is buzzing. So this will probably be a similar feel to to that kind of day. I would say so. Yeah, and it's it's going to be like the monster final days with a fresh feel about it because it's it's going to be male jerseys, male colours around the place. So there'd be something new and, and different yeah. about it. But I suppose this is where the Super 8's, one of the, the positives about them, you know, it's bringing these games to the... To Big the games, towns, you yeah. know, which is great. And um, as I said, my parents are down, coming down today, actually. Um, now, this podcast is probably going to go out after the game. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, we'll uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. But uh, they're coming down today. And um, we're recording this on the Friday. What day is it? The 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And um, I'm having my say two year anniversary gym open a night out on on the Saturday. And then, yeah, good achievement. Yeah, still going touch wood. Um, yeah, no, I remember when you were starting it up. Yeah, and painting the walls and oh, things like that. And, and Dad, we're going to do a bit more painting tomorrow. Like we're doing oh, yeah? a few touch ups. Yeah, wear and tear after a couple of years. But yeah, no, it's been a it's been a journey for sure. And um, you know, if it was easy everyone to do it I suppose it has, I was on no illusions that it was going to be easy but um, yeah it's a lot of hours gone in but you know the way it's going I'm happy with where it's what, what, where, where it is and how it's growing and the other you know the, you know the, the community I suppose is, is, is growing so um, and uh, yeah happy hours hopefully we'll kick on for another couple yeah yeah no a- doubt anyways no doubt. so I, you know I'm taking my dad now to the to the game Sunday it'd be great it just happened to be the same weekend uh, you know and yeah. we wanted obviously Mayo to beat Galway which they did and then it lined up the, the same you know weekend they were down so they stay in another night and really? hopefully hopefully we'll uh, we'll celebrate afterwards but look we're hoping for a good game and um, we'll see what happens but uh Good stuff. Last last little thing. We've nearly released you now, Brendan. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Take luck uh, off the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- uh, you're doing well for your first podcast, you know. <laughs> um, 
So three questions that I normally finish with for a guest podcast. Okay. So um, not too scary, don't worry. Well, the first question actually is, what scares you? So that would be number one. Uh, is anything in particular scares you? Yeah, so, yeah, let me see. Um, I suppose outside of, do you know, anything happening to family members or anything like that, maybe being an older person someday and looking back, do you know, at your life thinking, I wish I had done this or wish I had tried that. Yeah, 100%. Those regrets in a way. And sometimes regrets are, aren't are the bad thing because, you know, you, you learn from them. But um, yeah, just, I suppose that would be it. Yeah, yeah. Looking back and thinking, yeah, what if? Yeah, and that's the big thing I talk about in my workshops as well is about the, you know, I wish I had done people. Do you know, when you get mm. to the, you know, you go into any nursing home, you, you, you'll hear that, do you know, I wish I had done. It's not necessarily people regretting what, they, what they've done or what they haven't done. So it's you know try not and I was almost and I talk about that in one of my podcasts I was a wish I had person and for about four or five years I was having this inner conversation oh, I wish I'd opened a gym I wish I had done that and it was wishing my life away and I was actually falling out in love with the industry as well and then to the point where I just said look I have to do it and if it doesn't work at least I can say I've tried it yeah, you know? and it might still and happen, business like, yeah. might still fail you know and you know if it does it does but like um, I'm going to try my damnedest to say that, that it doesn't um, but yeah I think that would be um, and a couple of lads who have been on who said similar is that kind of getting to the end and say actually you know I've done you know I've done a lot of good things and you know I've you know I've a good a good dad personally and then you've gone professionally you've done great you know in regards to sporting achievements and just you know I, I've lived the life I've wanted to and you know I can't really say that I haven't given it a crack like yeah to, yeah that's it I think like if you were to listen to the news and stuff every day and listen, open the newspaper every day you think god times are terrible you should be depressed world, off your head like, yeah you know? the world is going nowhere and stuff but if you actually think about it things have never been so good and mm -hmm. there's so many opportunities and different things you can do and Love you know that, yeah. with technology and everything like that like just just have so a many opportunities happens, so many opportunities yeah. like you know and, and, yeah, this, so. and then we're lucky you know we're living in an age where you can literally open a business you know online or you can you know release stuff like you've done material online you know there's so much opportunities just do something you're passionate about and just see where it goes exactly. you know just do what you love and if you can make a living from it great yeah it's a uh, great love that answer so number two is inspiration what or who inspires you it could be family member it could be just someone in general that you you have um you know that is inspirational i suppose Right. Um, good question. Yeah, another good one. Yeah, spotlight on again. Da, da, da. <laughs> no pressure. So I suppose, yeah, if I was to, I haven't really thought kind of consciously about what inspiration was or anything like that. From a kind of a sporting point of view, I suppose when I was younger and getting into the whole goalkeeper thing. Pokemon, I know. <laughs> kind of, actually met him and did a, a course with him before and yeah, yeah. Top really man. guy but no Peter Schmeichel from a, a goalkeeper point of view he was he oh, was yeah. my guy he was uh, and, and I'm a Liverpool fan and I would agree like he was just some goalkeeper just a mountain but the way he just you know he he owned that defence like he was the caller he was organiser you know if you did something wrong he'd tell you about it but like just a huge very just you, like he made the goal so small like you know yeah. the way he spread him so he, he kind of revolutionised yeah he was the first goalkeeper to bring in that spread yeah. type of save you know and I used to watch him play on a Saturday or a Sunday and the whole week following that then I was trying to do what I saw him doing on match of the day yeah, or, yeah. or in the game, you know, that time beating Gaelic football or yeah. in soccer, you know. So he was more kind of a role model, I suppose, maybe than, than inspiration. But um, from a kind of more inspiration point of view, I suppose my grandmother, uh, Molly, who's from Offaly, would, would probably fall into that category. Just a, 
just a, a very special lady you know had a great way about her great way with people like she's just such a people person yeah. uh, a wicked sense of humor you know yeah uh, she's some some great lines you know some great sayings that one they're, they're all, unique one, one, yeah one, one that I always use is like you know it takes a smart guy to play the Egypt you know, it's, it's one I hold <laughs> I like yeah, that I like might that. get it on a t-shirt or something someday but <laughs> yeah j- just little nuggets of wisdom like that and uh, now it's it's my, my two daughters at home definitely yeah. you know when the alarm clock goes off some mornings and you're trying to get a, an hour or something done before school or work or something that's the inspiration to get up and do it you know because you're, you're not doing it for yourself anymore yeah yeah, someone else depending on you. Like. Someone else, yeah, yeah. So definitely, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, brilliant. I can last one, and you, you're done. Then don't worry. <laughs> um, okay, so it could be a book, it could be an audio book, it could be books, uh, plural. But uh, is there anything that you've read, whether recently or or in the past, that you're like, geez, this is gold? Like it's kind of been like stopped you in your tracks. Anything in particular that um, are you are you a listener to Audible books or you're a reader or um, just anything like that really that you um, would recommend or to, to somebody else yeah um, yeah again it, it's trying to pick one I suppose yeah because more than one if you want yeah <laughs> um, yeah I, would I be a reader or audiobooks that type of thing absolutely yeah it's something I've really got into in maybe the last four to five years when I was younger teenager and stuff to read a book I would look at you like you have two heads <laughs> yeah. you know no more interest in it but um yeah, audiobooks. I can't brush my teeth. I can't travel in the car without having an audiobook or a podcast or something downloaded to listen to on the Studio way. Studio Seven podcast, is it? Yeah. Oh, always. Yeah, okay, Studio Seven. Like yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, have, I am subscribed. And there you go. Thanks. Yeah, Appreciate that. Official subscriber. But um, yeah, one thing that I, I read. Uh, well, I, I heard it first and then read the books or books since was uh, Simon Sinek. Oh, a brilliant you, man. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. What a brain. What a brain. Genius. Yeah. Uh, why why leaders eat last the power of why brilliant his presentation the ted talk on the power of why was just when i saw that it was it kind of just flipped. i watched it loads of times yeah, yeah yeah it's one of the most viewed ted talks i yeah. think out there isn't it but um it just flips your whole mindset isn't it uh-huh uh-huh turns it upside down and uh he's just such an easy guy to listen to you know mm. he he, he delivers it very well in, in, in terms that you can actually understand it as well. Yeah? yeah, yeah, and so sharp. So, like, he's always the, the first thing that comes to mind. Um, another book that I read in the last year was The Storyteller's Secret. I don't know if you have come across it. heard that. of it. I haven't read it, no. I can't remember the author's name now. Um, my mind's gone blank. But it's, it's a book just about the power of storytelling um, if you think about it that's how wisdom and knowledge gets passed on through the generations through yeah. the thousands and thousands of years that we've been around and it's storytelling um, shaping shaping a story you know how to put something into something that might be like you know a kind of technical language into like uh, understandable terms for, for everyone and make it an engaging story so just I'll have to come back to you with the name of the author on that. No, no, we can. They can Google that. No problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll do the same. Yeah, the storyteller secret. So yeah, those those two are two kind of recent ones now that come to mind. Yeah, love it. Brilliant. So uh, thanks. So we got. We could uh, we could do another podcast. I'd say on on, on another day. But um, lots <laughs> really of information it, yeah. there. But no. Um, thanks for coming in. And I said that didn't seem like ten minutes. It's nearly an hour. Um, <laughs> so that was great. Um, no, it was great to get and there's stuff I've learned about you. I've known you for a good few years, but stuff that I'd learned uh, that I didn't know, which is great, and to to know a bit more about you as so the listeners as well. So appreciate you coming in and um, 
And I was going to say, wish you luck for Sunday, but I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I understand <laughs> it this time around. Yeah. It's probably the only time, like, you know, you have to give me something. Um, but, uh, yeah, this will probably be going out after the game. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll know then. Um, One of us will be smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really used to not smiling when it comes to <laughs> Mayo. But you never know. We always, we always, uh, we're not going to give up on them. We're going to go, uh, there's, there's, there's one in them, I think. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see about that. But uh, thanks for coming in and best of luck in the future and all your business and personal life. So thanks for coming in. Thanks very much and thanks for having me. No worries. And uh, we'll speak to you soon, guys. Take care. All the best.